Welcome to Brandon Avat. This is our final episode for the year, and it's partly a way of us saying thank you to you for listening for the last year. It's been an incredible journey for us. We've had some absolutely wonderful conversations with some of the top philosophers in the world, and we thought we'd just give you a sense of what the future is for Brandon Avat. We're going to be having some fantastic guests on next year. We've already interviewed a few and recorded, and they're ready to go from January. Um, but what we'd really like to know is um, who would you like us to invite onto the show next year? They don't have to be a philosopher. Um, and if there's not a particular person that you'd like invited on the show, what questions would you like us to ask? What topics would you like us to cover? So Jason, this really has been a delight to do with you. And it's an idea that we'd had you know, rolling around in our heads for quite a long time and could just never find the right opportunity to do it. And uh, I think one of the benefits of being locked in our in our houses for many months um, was that it gave us this impetus to do it. So if you look back on the episodes that we've recorded, which are the ones that stand out for you? Yeah, so what was really interesting is, uh, as you say, what the impetus was, was lockdown. And we started with a lockdown episode. Um, and then we started inviting some of our friends on, local South African uh, philosophers, and it grew. Um, and very quickly, it spread all over the world. Um, my, my favorite guest uh, was Graham Oppie. Um, so Graham is a philosopher of religion, and he asked questions around whether God exists. But what was so incredible about Graham Oppie was not the answers that he gave, uh, which are fairly stock standard answers around the argument from evil, but the humility um, with which he talked about those answers. Um, he is an atheist, but he presents his arguments in such a way that he's very humble and uncertain about his conclusions. He says, yeah, I think the argument is successful that God doesn't exist, but it certainly is not conclusive. In other words, uh, there, are, there are definitely ways in which the argument can be challenged and there are legitimate challenges to each of his premises. And I think because of that, he's very approachable both um, by theists and atheists. And it was really fantastic to have him on the show. Yeah, and I, I think we really need to have Graham back on. I know he's quite keen to talk about philosophy in its own right and the nature of argumentation. Um, and without a doubt, I think that's one of the things that's interesting about philosophers is we don't hold this fiery certainty. You know, we, we don't sort of say, I definitely know. We say, hmm, I think the argument saved me, but I could be wrong. And I want to hear what the other side has to say. Um, I mean, we've I think one of the joys is being able to connect with people that have been close to us personally. So, you know, my supervisor was David Benatar, and I thought our episode with him was really challenging. I mean, it's one of the most controversial positions is this idea that, you know, it's better never to have been born. Um, and that from the cosmic perspective, our lives um, just aren't that meaningful. Um, and we could then have that Metz, who's a close friend of both of ours, sort of give a, a contrary view on that and talk about why he thinks life is meaningful. Um, and of course, having Mark Leon on, who supervised you throughout honors, masters, and, and your PhD, um, you know, he was just such a fantastic guest and talking about free will, one of those really pivotal questions was, you know, quite challenging for both of us and a real delight. Yeah, there's something very special about connecting with people through ideas. Um, I mean, it's wonderful to connect with people over lunch. It's wonderful to talk about one's life and to ask about theirs um, and to connect and ask questions about their families. But there's something very special about connecting through kind of a pure intellectual enterprise like philosophy. Um, and also what's so cool about talking to other philosophers is that we all disagree. It's not as though we all agree, which is perhaps 
something quite different from a religious um, institution where most people agree at least on the fundamentals if you're within the religious institution. Philosophers disagree on literally everything. Um, and I mean, Mark and I disagree on, I, I think there's very few claims that we hold, both of us, uh, but we both agree on with one thing, and that is that we, we think that the pursuit of inquiry and understanding and knowledge is important. And that's why we created this channel. Um, and to be able to have very calm, frank, interesting discussions with philosophers about sometimes very charged and emotional topics, but in a way that really crystallizes the abstract philosophy involved has been incredibly uh, satisfying for me at least. Yeah, I mean, I think part of the idea is saying that these conversations can ordinarily be quite hard to have. You know, if you're talking about very contentious moral questions, people often get very heated um, and they don't want to surrender ground. And the conversation we've had with people, it's, it's this spirit of open inquiry. We often take positions that, you know, we don't necessarily believe in, but we probe our guests so we can try and get to the truth of the matter. I mean, I also have to say, like, one of the true joys for me, so I used to... Um, run a, a philosophy club with one of our prior guests, uh, Helen Robertson, and we would get together every couple of weeks and we would, you know, read books together and discuss. And one of those books was written by Raja Hawani. Um, and so having him on the show twice to talk about love and sex was just such a delight because, you know, we'd read the work, we'd discussed the work and he's just the nicest person, you know, just so open and kind and interesting. And, you know, the kind of relationships that have developed because of the show has been really just a, an extra benefit for us. Um, and I think we've had other people who we've sort of read about over the years or thought about over the years um, and having that personal connection with them, someone like, you know, Brian Leiter, who runs, you know, the most famous philosophy blog in the world, just also what a wonderful human being and such a fascinating conversation about the Supreme Court and about law and about politics. And then having someone like Rebecca Tuval on as well, um, who also has sort of gone through the turmoil of being publicly attacked for writing a, for writing a piece and then being sort of overwhelmed with support from philosophers all around the world and then having her on our show was, you know, a real highlight. Yeah. You know, the thing about studying philosophy is that you read these great minds through their words in books. You know, I studied them throughout my master's and PhD and now I'm meeting them and I would never have gotten the chance to do that. Um, it's quite incredible. And I, what I found most interesting about talking to other philosophers through this medium is that even though they publish an enormous number of articles and books, they often don't get a chance to really discuss their views with just a, a genuinely curious interlocutor. Um, it's often a, 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 an opponent, another philosopher who disagrees with them and then they'll have an argument, but just someone who's curious about what they believe. Um, and I often find that when we get guests on and we just give them the space to give their views and we do present them with some objections, but really just to get to the nub of what they really believe, um, they're very, uh, very generous um, and very pleased to be on the show. And I think it's, it's we've, as Mark said, we've developed some fantastic connections uh, with some great minds this way. Um, Raja in particular, um, we, we have a long email chain going with him um, and he's, he's hilarious and and. Also, just generous and kind, lovely man. So I suppose one of the things that viewers don't know is a little bit of how the show is made. So, you know, they get to see an edited version of the show, but often we record for, for a few hours um, with our guests. We sort of do a little bit of a, a get to know you. And this is an interesting thing for me is, you know, the get to know you we do on the day. 
So, uh, you know, we send off a mail, we sort of explain a bit what we're like, we send our guests, uh, you know, a prior episode of someone that they think that they'll connect with. And, but it's a bit like a blind date and you've got to create rapport very quickly. Um, and I find that a fascinating process is it's rapport also not in person, it's over Zoom um, and very quickly trying to sort of establish, you know, what you care about and what you want to talk about. And, you know, I, I found that that's made a big difference. Often I'll try and spend, you know, about 20 minutes, half an hour getting to know someone before we hit the record button. And then afterwards we, we stop recording and we often chat for quite a long time after that. Um, and that's been really interesting finding out what's going on in the Academy behind the scenes, um, you know, chatting about all sorts of other issues. Um, and yeah. And I think also getting a sense of who we want to have back on the show, which further topics we should get in touch with. Um, yeah. It's been a real part of the fun. I have to say one of the things that's really stood out to me, YouTube is kind of renowned for having some of the most toxic comments on the internet and our viewers are amazing. I mean, we've had incredible, you know, rolling essays between people. I mean, if you go and watch Sean Stanley's episode on where the race exists, there is uh, essays written by Sean and by, um, by others on, on, the, on the piece itself, a back and forth that's persisted for months. Um, if you look at the comments on David Benatar's piece as well, really substantive, clever stuff. Um, and it's, it's kind of what's made me keep doing it. Uh, I've just found that the, the insights from viewers, the private emails we've gotten, it's, you know, it's been really quite special. Mm. And also on Graham Oppie's episode, um, lots of discussion from theists and atheists on arguments for and against God, some of which I hadn't encountered before. Um, and so I started chipping in on some of the arguments. Um, but these guys have studied this a lot longer than I have. Um, and it was really interesting to see the depth um, that, that people have thought through these issues. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's really fantastic to have these kind of discussions. And what we find is that even though our guests are usually philosophers, our listeners are not. Um, so that has been very rewarding for us to give, give this, this content in a way that is accessible more generally. Um, and also what we find is it's not a dumbing down of the content when one does that. It's often finding another way of putting a very complicated point that illustrates something that we didn't know in the first place. Um, and so when, when we express this in very, very simple terms, it really pushes us to get to the nub of what we're saying. And um, it's often very difficult. It's much easier to use jargon. Um, but when we really try to simplify what we're trying to say, and, and our guests are doing the same because we instruct them to do so, um, it really pushes them to, to, you know, when there's something absurd about their position, then it gets said in ways that are very clearly absurd. And so when you listen to these guests, even if you disagree with them, it's so impressive how they are displaying a position which can be very counterintuitive, but displaying it and arguing for it in such a way that's so clear and easy to believe. Um, and that's, that's a skill that so many of our guests have shown. And it's really, it's really been fantastic to be a part of that. Yeah, so I think one of the uphill battles for us is that philosophy has a certain kind of reputation among the public, which is that basically it's bullshit artists. You know, um, the philosophers that are kind of well known to average Joes tend to be continental philosophers. So you know, they're thinking about Foucault and Derrida, um, maybe Sartre, uh, Nietzsche, and there's a lot of obfuscatory language, a lot of technical jargon, a lot of it sounds really smart, but I'm not actually sure what this person's talking about. And you know, our, our discipline is analytic philosophy. So we're striving for clarity, um, simpleness. Um, and as you say, 
when a person can't hide behind behind language, then you know at least what they're saying, and then you can engage with it. Um, and I think that's I'm, I'm hoping that a lot of people have said, "Wow, this is a lot more accessible than I expected." Maybe philosophy is something that I could pursue in more detail. Um, that it's not above my pay grade. That ultimately, I think, you know, our idea is to try and make it as understandable as possible and as entertaining as possible. Yeah, and and on that note, um, Mark and I have often chosen these topics because these are topics that are very important within philosophy and also that interest us personally. But there must be other topics that we haven't thought of that would interest you. Um, And so if there are some burning questions that you have about the nature of existence, about the way life should be lived, about what's right and wrong, about anything, um, you know, philosophy touches on every subject, we'd be very curious to hear what your questions are. And so we can create episodes on those topics. Yeah, and we we have had some direct requests from from some of our listeners saying you have to get so and so on the show, um, and we've gone out and done that, and I think that's also part of the fun. It introduces us to people we wouldn't have wouldn't have necessarily thought about. We're also a bit of a philosophy smorgasbord, so you know we've done moral questions, political questions, metaphysics, philosophy of sci-fi, art, love, you know, but it's all through the same paradigm of inquiry of trying to get to the truth of having a conversation. I mean, I think the other thing that that's dawned on us a few months ago was that there are different ways of consuming this content. And so one of our ideas was to produce a book um, based on our first two episodes. So the book's called uh, Lockdown, Did Government Do the Right Thing? And we've made the book available on, on Amazon. And my thinking at the time was this will be a book that will have, you know, a sort of very short currency that for, you know, this mad moment that we're in at the moment, people want to know whether lockdowns are a good idea or a bad idea, weighing in mind the health consequences and the economic consequences. And the pandemic really has lasted much, much longer than I think we'd anticipated. And the book still remains uh, very relevant. I mean, you know, my hope was for the book to become totally and utterly irrelevant, um, but I think that's not the case. Um, so if you guys are interested in, in having a look at the book, we'll have a description to where you can buy it uh, below. Um, we're also just on the cusp of getting to a thousand subscribers. I think by the time that you watch this video, we'll be there. Um, uh, and that's sort of a, a real mark in the sand for us. Um, you know, we're really excited about reaching that benchmark. Um, and, you know, we couldn't have done it without all the sort of support that we've gotten during this year from everyone sharing our content. And um, it's also interesting to us that those that of you that are listening on YouTube, seem to be quite different from those that listen on our podcasts. Um, some of you might be unaware of the fact that there's an audio version or that there's a video version. Um, and we, other things that Jason and I do, you're probably unaware of, is pry into all the analytics. So we find out where our listeners are based. Um, you know, we're based in South Africa. And so in the beginning, most of our listeners were based in South Africa. And now we find that South Africa is actually a minority in terms of listeners, that we have listeners a lot in the States, Canada, the UK, um, and, and people from all over the show, there's listeners in, you know, in Emirates in Malaysia and the Philippines and Australia. Yeah. And we're really excited to invite you back onto our show next year. As I say, we've had content already recorded. Um, we're going to be having one of uh, the most exciting guests that I've been looking forward to, who is um, a well-versed and trained anarchist. Um, so you may have picked up through the show that I'm an anarchist. Um, but anarchism is not fully explored in academia and in philosophical circles. Um, and so my anarchism is probably quite unreflected uh, compared with our guest who's coming up. Um, and I'm very excited uh, to, to, to show you that episode. It's already recorded. And um, 
yeah, uh, there's so much content coming next year. We're really excited to have you join us. And the other little one that I'm going to tease, which I think is really exciting, we have one of our past guests talking about one of our sort of favorite films, which is Tenet. So make sure you watch it by the time our episode releases. We try and work out whether it makes any sense, whether it's uh, just entertaining explosions in, in reverse, or whether it makes sense. And we talk about the philosophy of time travel, and we talk about um, a whole range of interesting things around literature. And we, we plan on doing a bit more uh, on that front as well, sort of expanding uh, into you know, having philosophical conversations with people that aren't necessarily academic philosophers. So um, we have some other famous artists lined up. Um, and again, we look forward to hearing some recommendations from you. So finally, thanks for, for, for listening during the year. Um, it's been wonderful to have your feedback and we'll see you in January.